Football 24-7 with John McMullen. Super wild card weekend across the Jacob Media Network tonight. Johnny Mack, the conversation isn't so much about wild card weekend here in Philadelphia. It's about the future of head coach Doug Peterson. Will he be back? Uh, we're going to do 15 minutes, Johnny Mack. I don't know if we'll cover everything in 15 minutes, but let's start there. How did we get here? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think the best question is why would Doug Peterson want to be back at this point? But I think if you're asking how we got here, all roads lead to Jeffrey Lurie. Um, this function of this organization has kind of been ramped up, and it's strange, really, if you think about it, Crouch. I mean, look, this team finally accomplished what it's been trying to do since 1960. I, I, I don't think we we rewind and think about that enough. And, and then you think about, you go back to last season, twenty basically 24 months after winning a Super Bowl, uh, Jeffrey Lurie forces Doug Peterson to fire his offensive coordinator. Now we're 36 months, basically. And, and we're talking about he's got to jump through all these hoops to keep his job. It's, it, it, it's pretty amazing to me in the fact that, let's be honest, the, the, the owner of this organization just anonymous, anonymously threatened to fire the head coach in an effort to get him to do what he wants. This is a disaster, uh, and to epic levels. Doug Peterson already met with Jeff Lurie once following the end of the season, correct? Correct. They met on Tuesday earlier this week, uh, and it didn't go well from people I, I, I'm talking to. And by didn't go well, um, Doug Peterson wants to do certain things, na- namely elevate Press Taylor to offensive coordinator uh, that Jeffrey Lurie doesn't want him to do. And we're back in the same uh, conundrum we were last year when he wanted to keep Mike Grow, and Jeffrey Lurie forced him to fire Mike Grow. Remember, after basically 24 hours after he told everyone that Mike Grow would be back. So, I think that was the point where things started to go in a negative direction and why I say at this point, I mean, Jeffrey, uh, Doug's got to go down to Palm Beach, which is nice for a vacation. Uh, but at this point, I, I don't know why he wants this job, Joe, at this point. So the next meeting, Johnny Mack, with Lori, is there a next meeting? Yeah, there's scheduled to be a meeting this week in Palm Beach where Jeffrey uh, has a home. Uh, and we'll see if it comes off. I, I, I do think at some point uh, Doug's going to say to himself, you know, what am I doing here? If it's pretty clear that he's going to be fired because he's not going to agree with it, who knows if he goes through uh, with the meeting. Uh, it's pretty evident that Jeffrey wants, to, wants him to acquiesce uh, as far as when it comes to the coaching staff, uh, as far as changes that he wants to make, and, and Doug is not at that point. I, you know, it comes down to me. He's got two years left on his deal, Doug Peterson. I'm talking about. So it's not like he can resign because you don't want to do that from his perspective. Because obviously, if he's fired, um, 
that money comes to him on his contract. Now, uh, he'll probably want to coach somewhere else, and he would get a job rather quickly. But those are some of the, the machinations you have to do. I, I don't know if this is sal- salvageable at this point. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, Doug doesn't like when he's described as sort of a yes man, as sort of somebody who's told what to do. And, and if he doesn't like that, well, he can't be a yes man. And he can't just bend over backwards everything uh, Jeffrey Lurie demands. So I, I do think we're coming to loggerheads uh, this week, and I think it's more likely than not. And this is the first time I've said this. I think it's more likely than not that Doug Peterson will not be back as the head coach of the Eagles. Football 24-7 with John McMullen. You'll hear him all week. This upcoming week uh, is going to be uh, very volatile, it sounds like, if you're Doug Peterson, if you're a fan of this football team. John, what's going on? Did you sense any of... Uh, uh, animosity between Doug and the locker room is. Was there anything ha- that happened that you saw, witnessed, or speculated about before the season ended? Because I've got to, I've got to be honest with you. When the season ended, the way it ended, and we talked about it after every game. To me, it was a post-meeting meeting with the brass, and then it's on to figure out how to move the organization and the football team forward, starting with the quarterback. Now it appears that's not even the number one priority. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of that, and you're right, and, and it, the assumption was, especially after Howie Rose and Doug Peterson had that dual press conference after the season that Jeffrey made his decision both would be back, and I think he did. And I think the disconnect from that point to this point is that he would, uh, he assumed that Doug would be okay with the changes that he tagged on to him returning. In other words, uh, he agreed to Doug Peterson returning if he did this and did this and, and mainly with his coaching staff. And you saw some of the dominoes fall as far as Jim Schwartz not getting his contract. Um, uh, letting it expire. Rich Scandarello, his contract expired. Marty Morningwig's not going to be back. Ken Joel. So a lot of movement on that coaching staff. But the important part is the offensive and defensive coordinators. From my perspective, if I'm Jeffrey Laurie, I look at last year and I forced that decision to him, as I mentioned, to fire Mike Groh. And the result of that was a disaster. So you would think, <laughs> from my perspective, you take a step back and say, well, that's clearly a mistake. Let, let me let Doug do what he wants to do. And if that doesn't work, maybe you go down a different path. But he doesn't seem to want to do that. And I think it's interesting because if you think about Jeffrey during uh, the Andy Reid regime, uh, for so many years, 1999 to 2012, I, I mean, he was a model NFL owner. He sort of knew what he didn't know. He let his employees do their jobs, and they did it very well. And ever since Chip Kelly, and really the last year of Chip Kelly, he's turned into 
and I'll be writing about this in Philly Boys tomorrow. He's turned into Jerry Jones without the personality, Dan Snyder without the scandals. He is officially a meddling owner, and that's never good because those guys don't know football. And the good owners hire good people and get out of the way and let them do their jobs. He used to do that. How do you change? Sort of like how, how, John, John, how does it? How, do, how does he change? How do you go from from not being a meddling owner to being one? Well, I think it all harkens back to um, the last year of Chip Kelly, and we know what a disaster that was. And I think Jeffrey and Howie Roseman decided they wanted somebody uh, as a head coach who was going to do what they told him to do. Uh, I think that was Doug early on. I mean, let's be honest, in 2016, there weren't a lot of people calling. He was the third choice of the Eagles. Um, so to get a head coaching job, he had to uh, expect, uh, accept some of those things that maybe uh, a more powerful coach like Andy Reid would never have to do. And to be honest, Joe, I think they liked it. And... Uh, from Doug's perspective, he he made the mistake last year because, uh, as I said, you know he announced Mike Rowe was going to return as the offensive coordinator. Then he had to do the 180 the day after, which, to be honest, is embarrassing. What he should have done at that point is said, "No, this is my choice. Uh, this is the guy I'm comfortable with. He's got to return as offensive coordinator." And, and you play that game of chicken. And I, I can't imagine Jeffrey Lurie would have fired him at that point. Just remember, at that point, you not only won the Super Bowl, you're coming off three consecutive playoff first. You lose to Seattle, but you probably win that game if Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt. He's not going to fire him. And, and that's where Doug made his mistake. He should have uh, stood his ground there. He didn't. And, and that just furthered things to the point where we are now, where Jeffrey can say, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And, and Doug is now balking at that, and we have these loggerheads. He won a Super Bowl as the head coach <laughs> of this football team in February of 2018. We all remember it still. As if it were yesterday, my God. And remember this, Joe. If if he does fire Doug Peterson, if you are a high-profile coaching candidate with options, why would you choose the Philadelphia Eagles when you have just seen a Super Bowl-winning coach lose his job in less than three calendar years? What is your thought process when you say, I just saw somebody reach the apex of his profession and he didn't get enough respect from that organization in the last three years of shelf life after doing something that, to be honest, for any coach, the odds are against them that they're going to be able to accomplish. John, do you... Somebody's got to... Sorry, Joe. Somebody's got to sit Jeffrey Lurie down and, and explain these things to him. But 
you know, he's a billionaire. He's a very powerful guy, and obviously nobody has done that. Do you think this has anything to do with Doug Peterson standing in the corner of Carson Wentz and refusing to move past his objective of getting Carson back. I don't remember exactly what his words were in the final post-game press conference after the Washington game, but I do recall the theme of the conversation was about rehabilitating Carson and getting him back. Is that part of this situation? No, I, I don't think Carson is, is happy with Doug. In fact, I know he's not. He feels uh, a little bit uh, let down. He feels um, there wasn't any loyalty from the organization and the head coach. So I think that would be more in the other direction. I think uh, Jeffrey doesn't want to sink that cost of $34 million. Remember, on top of the pandemic, when he signed that contract and talking to Jeffrey Lurie with Carson Wentz, he was budgeting with the assumption that he would have about 200, 250 million more dollars than he does because of what went on with no fans and the scale back in revenue. Um, so it, it's still more likely than not that Carson Wentz is going to be back with the Eagles because of that, that big number, that $34 million number. Um, and, you know, Carson doesn't like Doug right now. So that, that's a relationship that's got to be repaired, and that complicates things even further. So I think that would trend in more of a negative direction for Doug. Last thought, last question, uh, Johnny Mack. Has Joe Douglas already texted Doug Peterson? Well, I'm sure they have. <laughs> you can't admit that kind of stuff because it's tampering. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's available, um, you know, he would be very uh, interested, interesting to the New York Jets. I don't think there's any question about that. Now, Joe has to do his due diligence. Uh, he's been going through the interview process. And that's another thing, Krause, because the Eagles, if they fire him, they're way behind in this hiring cycle. All the teams have already gotten their interviews in. They're going to start mulling decisions and hiring coaches. So uh, Joe's been doing that. Uh, but if Doug becomes available, yeah, I mean, that's the logical point. And there was that pro football talk report, and uh, that was about Doug Peterson. When they said there's a coach that some people believe uh, in the league will be traded. That was about Doug Peterson. And obviously – about the New York Jets. When I first uh, saw the story uh, today, Johnny Mac, I quickly remembered or started thinking about Andy Reid, and I believe it may have been less than 60 minutes from the time he was fired to the ride to the airport to go to Kansas City. Was it that fast? <laughs> and is it going to be the same again? Well, I, 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 look, Doug will not be unemployed long. The problem is now, remember, if he would have been fired after the season, uh, 
as typically, even though we're only a week, it generally you have Black Monday, guys are fired, uh, and you quickly go into that hiring cycle. This strange um, uh, sort of dragging their heels of the Eagles complicates things for both sides when it comes to the Eagles potentially hiring a new coach, when it comes to Doug Peterson potentially getting a new job quickly. Uh, because uh, of of that, it's it's possible he'd have to sit out a year uh, just because of the timing. If teams um, move quickly uh, with guys who are available, um, but he would be right back in the league next year. He would not be unemployed for long. Um, with Andy, obviously, it was immediate, and that's one of the best coaches of all time, uh, and, and that's why things move so quickly. Um, it would be a similar fashion for Doug, but this timing and, and Jeffrey Lurie dragging his feet uh, complicates things. Football 24-7 with John McMullen. It will be an active week. Oh, John, I forgot to ask you about the wild card weekend. We'll have to cover that. Yeah. <laughs> that's another, that's another story for another day because the headline is all about the future of Doug Peterson. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it never ends with this team. Controversy still up, but that's a beautiful thing. At least, you know, they're always in the news. That's the one thing Jeffrey Lurie does like. See you next time, Johnny Mac. Thanks, Trousy. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.